What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Marx's Takes exclusively on Spotify. Before I get into it, I'm going to be talking about finals and my New York trip. So basically, I recorded the New York part separately to the NBA finals part. I originally recorded a part for the finals, but uh, I wanted to re-record it after last night's game. That was actually an exciting game for the first time in this finals. So I wanted to record a new bit about the finals. So they may sound a little different audio-wise, and it may sound a bit awkward. But yeah, I'm just I'm just telling y'all that there are two separate segments recorded separately. All right, let's get into it. Finals. So last night was the first entertaining game in the finals. Give it up for the NBA, guys. We finally got a entertaining game. Let me pull up the stats. And so I didn't, I didn't watch the game because I was at work, which is such a bummer, such a bummer. But from what I saw and from the highlights I saw, Chris Paul, absolutely horrendous. Uh, you love to see it. You love to see it. Devin Booker had a legacy game, really like great game, um, like outstanding game. And it was completely washed away by how badly Chris Paul was, which is absolutely fantastic. You love to see that. Aiden was, Aiden only had six points. Uh, he got blocked at the end by Giannis. That was dope. Chris Middleton is a certified baller. I love Chris Middleton because everybody always gives him shit how he's supposed to be, you know, the Robin, the, the Robin to the Batman. He's supposed to be the sidekick. But I'm like, no, in this game, he, he won them the game. So stop with all that Batman and Robin shit. Give Chris Middleton his flowers because He's legit. He's a certified baller. Giannis played really well, but that 26 points, you know, he could do that in his sleep. Chris Middleton's 40 points, and at the end, he went on that crazy run. He single-handedly won them the game. Shout-out to Chris Middleton, certified baller. The rest of them were pretty bad. My man Bobby Portis, only three points. Not good. P.J. Tucker was, he had a Patrick Beverly line last night. He had more fouls than points. Um, and there was a foul, the refs were in the Suns' bag too, like, Devin Booker intentionally fouled Drew Holiday, which was supposed to be a sixth foul, he was supposed to foul out of the game, refs just didn't call it, it was literally an intentional foul, the refs just did not call it, so the Bucks really won five versus eight, shout out to the Bucks. this podcast, I don't know if you, if you can't tell already, it's a temporary Bucks podcast, because, I hate the Suns. I mean, they beat my team. I don't like Chris Paul. I don't like showboating Devin Booker. You know, I don't I don't like any of that shit. I don't like... The only thing I really liked about the Suns, truthfully, is their logo and, like, coloring. Like, I like the Rally the Valley shit. I think it's really cool. They have good colors. They have a good logo. I don't mind the Suns and Four guy. But that's it. I hate Chris Paul. I hate Devin Booker. So... I'm I'm a I'm a Bucks I'm a Bucks fan right now. I'm a temporary Bucks fan. And I just as sports fans, we really deserve this finals to go to seven games. It's probably the most boring finals teams wise in a very long time for me. Like I just don't care. But after we didn't get basketball for like six months and then we had to go through the bubble, which was pretty shitty, you know, we deserve a game seven in Phoenix. Do I, I think the Suns would win, but 
you know, as a sports fan, as an unbiased sports fan in this position, I I just want a game seven. We deserve it after that shitty bubble we had to watch. The Mickey Mouse didn't count bubble. This, I mean, the Suns did have a very hospital, I call it the hospital run because, you know, they were going through teams through the Western Conference that were missing their best player. Um, so they kind of have this hospital run. The Bucks, on the other hand, beat the Nets, which no one was expecting. They won a game seven on the road. I'm very, very impressed by, by the Bucks. I think their coach is an idiot, but I'm, I was impressed by him when they won the game seven on the road. I feel like he definitely would have been fired after that. And so I'm impressed. I'm very impressed by how they bounce back, you know, down 0-2. It's really hard to come back. I mean, I've seen it from the Clippers uh, twice. They weren't able to do it three times. But the Bucks were down 0-2 to the Nets. You know, they, they got blown out the Bucks by like 40 points in that second game. It was, they were dead. You know, the Bucks were dead. And they bounced back and beat the Nets in seven games. I was very impressed. They handled the Hawks two games without Giannis. And they looked very good. They even looked better at some moments. Against the Hawks without Giannis. It maybe was just a matchup thing. But Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday were really dope when Giannis was sidelined. And now they were down 0-2. They were looking kind of dead. And then they come home and win two games. And last night was a game that I was for sure the Suns were going to win. Suns were up basically the entire game. Until about like four minutes in the fourth quarter. Then it got really close. I was like, this is a game the Suns should have won. But Chris Paul was horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. And yeah, I mean, we got we got Cliff Paul out there. We got a Devin Booker legacy game. We had no one really, no one really else stepped up on the Suns. Uh, Devin Booker was carrying. But Chris Middleton saved the Bucks season. It was easily a game the Suns could have won, but Cliff Paul, Cliff Paul was out there looking real, real bad. So, shout out to the Bucks as a temporary Bucks podcast. Shout out to the Bucks. Uh, fear the deer, whatever you want to say. I'm very, very impressed with the Bucks and how they've responded. I'm like, I, I don't know. I always thought their coach was an idiot, and he sort of is. But I do want to go on Skip Bayless's Twitter and see what Skip has to say because he always has, he always has good shit to say after games. I do miss his tweets after. And Giannis, oh my God, Giannis had that dope block at the end, awesome block. And I I look at Zubak and Zubak couldn't stop that lob and they ended up winning the game. I look at Zubak, I'm talking to you, Zubak. Was it really that hard? Was it really that hard to block a lob? You just had to fucking jump. You just had to jump and not turn your back to the ball. I'm still pissed. I'm still pissed. Giannis block is better. According to Skip Bayless, the Giannis block is better than the LeBron block. That's debatable. Chris Middleton is more valuable than Giannis. I don't know. That's a, that's a hot take. I do think Chris Middleton is and Drew Holiday are the X factor. Like Giannis can drop 30 and they'll still lose. Drew Holiday is the one I really, really worry about. Really worry because he is, he struggles. I mean, he had 13 points yesterday. They're very, very lucky they got Chris Middleton to drop 40 because 
Drew Holiday is struggling. He had 13 points, 7 assists, 7 rebounds. It's not good enough. He needs to get at least 20 points um, for them to, you know, for them to win this series, he's got to get at least 20. You know, I'll settle for 18, but 20, I mean, come on. Like, he's really struggling. Chris Paul is... You know, Chris Paul has been pretty bad. He's ha- He had that turnover at the end. He's been turning the ball over at a pretty rapid rate. Pretty, pretty rapid. And, yeah. So we have a series in the NBA Finals, which is great. You know, as sports fans, we deserve it. We really, really deserve it. The same Chris Paul you watched did the Clippers in L.A. in Game 6 by scoring 27 points and barely over the final, and barely over the final quarter. I still can't. Okay, Skip Bayless, Skip Bayless just kind of manic tweeting, manic, manic tweeting that Giannis block of Aiden is completely overrated. It was a lob. That's what he said. And then he said the Giannis block was better than the LeBron block. Like, bro, make up your mind. And, yeah, so we have a game. We have a game. We have a series. I'm excited. I'm going to be recapping. We're officially a Bucks podcast. Go Bucks. Fuck Devin Booker. Fuck the Suns. Um, all right, so that's going to do it for the NBA segment. I'm going to transition now into my New York segment talking about a, a person I met at the Mets game, a bear, a barstool person. So let's segment. Let's uh, transition into that. I was in New York for about four days, just living life. First time going out of town since, like, COVID started, which is crazy. And um, I went to a Mets game. I went to a Mets game. I've, I've been to tons of sporting events. I've been to Dodgers games. I've been to Clippers games. I went to so many Clippers games. Uh, um, I went to a lot. I went to a Dodger game. I went to an Oakland A's game when I was up north. So I've been to a bunch of sports games. But the Mets game in general was just awesome because I had never, I had never been to a baseball game in New York. I've never been to Yankee Stadium. So, City Field was the first baseball experience I've had in New York. I absolutely loved it. One of the nicest stadiums I've been to. Like, the the A's Stadium was pretty shitty. Dodger Stadium, I mean, it's iconic, but it's not nice. You know, it's a, it's 100 degrees out. You're waiting in lines in 100-degree heat. So, it's not nice. It's just, like, iconic, historical. The traffic is horrible at Dodger Stadium. But when I went to City Field, let me tell you guys, City Field is awesome. Like, one of the best sporting arenas I've been to. Baseball, I think it was a... I I really like Angel Stadium. It's a very, very nice arena. Like, it's very nice. It's very clean. The parking is really easy. It's right off the freeway. It's really easy to, really easy to get to. And... Unlike Dodger Stadium, which takes an hour to get off the freeway exit, and then it takes like another hour to get up that hill. So Met Stadium took the subway to Met Stadium, which was awesome. Like that's just not something you do in LA. And then you get off, you're literally right there at the stadium. You just walk right in. They had an indoor, they had an indoor food court. You know, it's a hundred degrees outside, and you get and you get to go into an indoor food court. At first I thought it was blocked off for only like MVPs or like VIPs, Mets season ticket holders, something like that. Nope. It's for everybody. It was so dope. It was called like the Piazza or something. And it was inside, air conditioned, really good food, 
just really good. It, I mean, obviously it was expensive, but I think it was way cheaper than Dodger Stadium. Really nice. And I got to meet a Barstool legend. I got to meet Frank the Tank Fleming from Barstool Sports, blogger, soda review, icon, Mets fanatic. I went up to his section. He was um, in the upper deck. He was a bit, he was in like the section above me, walked like the length of the stadium pretty much. He was on the opposite side where I was and then um, walked up, didn't know I was going to get in because I didn't have tickets to that section. So the usher was like, oh, okay, do you guys have tickets? And we were like, oh, yeah, we do. We're in one, we're in this section. We're in the 100 level, but we're trying to see our friend. Frank's not my friend. I was just literally trying to get an iconic picture with Frank. And I go take my picture, big thumbs up, Frank the Tank Fleming. That was the first person I've met in person from Barstool. And it's just so great because I'm from L.A. I never see people from Barstool in L.A. I'm never in New York. They're always all in New York, you know, all the time. So I just never see anybody from Barstool. Finally met someone from Barstool, Frank, the tank Fleming at the Mets game. He was so nice. So, so, so nice. He's like, oh, if I would have, if I would have known you were going up to Frank, I would have not let you in. Like, we can't stand that guy. And I'm like, how could you disrespect a Mets legend like that? Like Frank, the tank. And I was like, dang, well, I'm glad we got our picture because he was he was literally not a lot. He was not about to let us like go back. So I was like, Oh, thank goodness. We got our photo. And yeah, so that was my story. Meeting Frank, the tank. It was unfortunate because the, when I was there, like the week I was there, they were all out of office. So no one really was in New York except the one dude who's going to all the Mets games, Frank, the tank, Nobody was in New York. It was like their week off, so the office was closed. Nobody was there, which was kind of a bummer because I wanted to, like, see more people. I was thinking about, like, going to the office and just, like, waiting in a non-stalkery way, you know. I'm not going to go up there, but in a non-stalkery way, like, because I'm never in New York, you know. So it's like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, but it just happened to be the week that the office was closed, which was a bummer, but I was really happy that I got to meet Frank because he's really the only one in New York because he's going to all the Mets games. Uh, That's how he spends his week off, staying in New York, going to all the Mets games. So, yeah, I mean, I was very, I was so happy. I I felt like it was like a a bucket list thing, you know. Obviously, I would love to meet Big Cat and everybody else, but it's like Frank the Tank. Like, that's that's so awesome. It was definitely a bucket list, like, awesome moment for me. So I'm I'm home now, but when I was going on the when I was leaving, the Euro game was on TV on the plane. So basically the entire time I was on the plane, it was all sporty it was all basically all sporting games. Like first half was the Euro Cup game. Second half was the NBA Finals. So that was the first time I had watched the Finals because there was nothing else to watch. And I was watching the Euro Cup. Everybody was watching on the plane, and it was kind of split half and half where some people were rooting for Italy, some people were rooting for England. I felt like as just a sports fan in general, I don't care about soccer. Like, I'm sorry, I just not... I've tried so hard to get into it as a sports fan. I, I just don't really like it. Maybe. I don't really know why. I don't... I just can't. You know, I've tried really, really hard to get into it. I just cannot. So, but, you know, this is like... 
as a sports fan, I'm like, okay, I have to root for England. England is like, you know, the Cinderella story. It, they, it's finally coming home. How could you not root for them? You know, I just love good sports stories. And England was like the perfect sports story where, you know, if they win, it would just be perfect. The content would be amazing. All the celebration videos would be so good. The, the, the Twitter timeline would be going off. The, the content would be, the content would be off. It would just be insane. And we, we, I, yeah, I mean, they lost. We were robbed of probably the, one of the best days on Twitter in a long time, in a long, long, long time as a sports, sports community on Twitter missed out. We missed out on so much good content. Like there were just been so many good videos, so many good tweets. There were still a handful of good tweets. Don't get me wrong, but it wasn't the same once they lost. So I'm, you know, congrats to Italy. You know, they played so much better. I don't really know how to analyze soccer in a way that doesn't make me sound like an idiot because I don't really know anything about soccer. But I I will say that once England scored in that first, like, two minutes or whatever it was, I was very nervous because I was like, oh, no, like, they're going to have to defend now for a very, very long time. And they stuck it out for, like, the first half. And then they just couldn't, they just could not hold on. And once Italy scored, I was like, oh, geez. Once it went into penalties, I was like, okay, like England's going to lose. And then once they sent that, like, basically rookie out there to shoot a, a penalty in, like, the biggest stage, I was like, oh, no, like, this is not good. It was kind of poor management to send, like, a rookie out there. Um, I don't blame the kid. He's 19. They're just children. They're just kids. It's messed up that people were targeting them with racist harassment, and that's messed up. It's 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 never that deep, okay? It's just never that deep to do that. It's just not. I just don't get it. Um, people are sick. Sports is not that deep. We're just supposed to be having fun, and you know, shout out to Italy. But I really wish England would have won because just the content, you know, as a social media person. As someone who makes content, I just, we missed out on such good content and that I'm so mad about. I'm not really mad that Italy won. As a sports fan, like I wanted England to win to complete like this Cinderella run or whatever, but just the content wise, as a person who loves good social media content, who spends their job doing social media stuff. Oh, man, I was so pissed. We would have just had so many good videos, so much good stuff. So, yeah, that was a bummer, but it's okay. Shout out to Italy. It's not coming home. It's coming Rome, and shout out to Italy. Olympics is coming up. The U.S. team is – the U.S. basketball team is semi-embarrassing. They're they're embarrassing. I'm just going to say it. They are flat-out embarrassing. I know we don't really need to overreact to the exhibition games, but – I don't know. They were 30-point favorites against Nigeria, lost. They were, I think, 17-point favorites to Australia, lost. And then, you know, they, they did beat Argentina without Jason Tatum. So maybe Jason Tatum is the problem. Maybe he's the problem all along. But I don't know. I just don't. Everybody seems so passive on the team except KD. And then when KD's not making shots... There's no one is doing anything like Katie is shooting a lot. Dame is shooting a lot. I read a bullshit report that they're not used to like the FIBA officiating. I guess they're kind of like 
looking for calls that they're not getting because they usually get them in here in the NBA, which is just an excuse. I'm like, you're supposed to be the best basketball players in the world. I don't care about the officiating, you know, that shouldn't be a problem if you're, if this is, you know, the, some of the best basketball players in the world. I don't give a shit about the officiating. I don't know if they're going to win gold. They're, they're favored massively right now on my, on FanDuel, but I just don't know. Like, I just, I just don't really like the vibes out of them. I hopefully in like three weeks or whatever, a month, I'll be laughing at this take. Like, well, I'll be sitting here laughing, being like, huh, like what? I'm such an idiot. How could I doubt the U.S. in in basketball, the sport that we dominate? I just don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens once I get the people that that are in the finals right now. I think Devin Booker, Chris Middleton, they're going, which is honestly crazy that they're going from the NBA finals straight to the Olympics. I would never do that. I would give my body a break, but shout out to them. Do it for your country and we'll see what happens. There's a lot of exciting sports coming up, even with the NBA ending. You know, we got Little League World Series coming up. We got the Olympics and we got baseball. Does it get any better than that? No, it does not. I'll catch everybody in the next episode. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check me out on Twitter at Gracie Marks. And check me out on Instagram at Marx's Takes. And I will catch you guys in the next episode. Peace out.